Amen. So, so we'll just go straight straight into the word. Um, so we've been in a series called All or Nothing. Everyone say All or Nothing. All or Nothing. And this series had just been about the armor of God. So if you've been here, um, or if you've not been here, you can go on our YouTube, our Spotify, wherever podcasts are found. We are there, and you can catch yourself up to date. So we'll we'll go straight into the word. So let's open up our Bibles to Ephesians six verse thirteen. And if you've been here for for the past eight weeks, every time you've come here, this is the verse that you've heard. So by now you should be able to memorize this off of the top of your heart. You know what I'm saying? And as I was as I started to to preach, I felt a I felt like a type of way that Lord, if I keep saying the same verse time and time again, like don't not make me look like you know what I'm saying? Like, this is the only thing I'm preaching, but he's texting me that I would rather you do that so they can tell someone else. You know what I'm saying? And that the word will be engraved in their heart and they meditate meditate on it. So, like I said, for the past eight weeks, this is the verse that we've been reading and we're about to read it again. So, Ephesians 6 verse 13 says it like, like this. Therefore, everyone say, therefore. therefore. Put on the full armor of God. So that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you have done everything to stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. We've done a sermon on that. With the breastplate of righteousness in place. We've done a sermon on that. And with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. We've done a sermon on that. In addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all of all the flaming arrows of the evil one. We've done a sermon on that. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And pray. Everyone say and pray. And pray. In the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. And if I'm and if I'm to be on, on, honest, out, out, out of every sermon that I've preached in this series, I really feel like this is the one that if you take heed to it, it can literally change the trajectory of your of, of your Christian walk. Because today we're talking about prayer. Because prayer is one of, if not the most essential part of our Christian walk. And it's rare that I've rarely heard a sermon on prayer. Most times, as a believer, all I know is I need to pray. I don't know why, I don't know when, I don't know how. But we've heard it time and time and time again that it's so important for us to pray. But what I don't like is if a person tells me what, what I need to do, but don't tell me how to do it. Don't tell me the way I need to do it. Don't, don't tell me why it's so important that I do it. Prayer is one of the most, if not the most, essential part of our, our Christian walk. Prayer has to be a necessity, not an accessory. I'm going to say that again. In order for you to overcome in this life, you have to develop a prayer life where prayer is not an accessory, but a necessity. And there are just a few things that I would like us to know about prayer. And our first verse is found in 1 Thessalonians. 5 verse 16. 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 16. And it says it like this. 
Rejoice always. Everyone say rejoice always. Pray continually. Everyone say pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. Everyone say give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. The first thing I want us to know about prayer is that we need to pray continually. Write, write that down. Because most of us are asking God, God, what is your will for, for, for my life? What is my will? What is your will for, for, for my life? That is the number one question that people ask. Lord, what am I supposed to do now? What is your will? What am I supposed to do? Scripture says that if you want to know the will of God for you in Christ Jesus, look no further. The answer is here. Rejoice always, pray continually, and give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Because most times, God's will for your life isn't about what you do, but it's about who you become. I'm going to say that again. God's will for your life is not just about what you do, but who you become. And the scripture is letting us know that God's will for you is to be a person who rejoices always. No matter the circumstances that they're in, you have a posture of joy that, that, that I won't allow the situation that I see to determine how I respond. I have to rejoice always. And I also need to give thanks in all circumstances. Everyone say all circumstances. The ones that are good. The ones that are bad. The ones that are ugly. I get a job. I give thanks. I lose a job. I give thanks. I get a relationship. I give thanks. I lose a relationship. I give thanks. They clap for me. I give thanks. They laugh at me. I give thanks. Scripture says that we are supposed to be a people who give thanks in all circumstances. And, and the reason why we give thanks in all circumstances is because all things work together for our good. Every single situation that happens in your life, God is so kind and so gracious towards us that he would make sure that that situation is not wasted. And that it bears fruit in your life. And it says that we are supposed to pray continually. Don't let prayer be a moment. Let it be a continual thing in your life. I heard it said it like, like this. Um, um, a man named Sam Wigglesworth. This quote has literally changed the way that I see prayer. And he said it like this. I don't ever pray for more than half an hour. But I don't ever go more than half an hour without praying. I'm going to say that again. I don't ever pray for more than half an hour. But I don't ever go more than half an hour without praying. What does this mean? That we have to have a consistent dialogue with God. On our way to work. On our way to school. Wherever we are. God, I just... Thank you, God, you're so good. Father, I'm just standing in this line at Starbucks and the waiter is frustrating me, God, but I just thank you, Lord, that you're my peace. Like, literally, this is how scripture says that we are supposed to pray. 
continually. God, I just thank you, Lord, right now. I don't even know what time the train is coming, but Lord, you always said that you would ordain my steps so far. Right now, I thank you, Father, Lord, that I would reach my destination in time. I don't pray for more than half an hour. But I don't go more than half an hour without praying. Because God would rather you have a consistent prayer life than random splurts. Where one day you're seeking him for an hour and you don't hear from me till the next week. He would rather you be consistent. All I'm trying to say is that we need to pray continually. The next thing I want you to know about prayer is we, we need to pray pray first. Everyone say pray first. Pray and to be on to be honest, sometimes I struggle with, with this. Because prayer ain't always my first response. Most times it's actually my last re- re- result. I'm going to do everything and then I pray. I'm going to bring up a friend before I pray. But scripture is saying that we need to pray first. Because when you pray first, you get his perspective first on the issue. And then you're able to know what to do after that. Let prayer be your first response, not your last resort. But before you get out of bed, don't check your social media. Pray. When you hear news that is unsettling, before you phone up a friend, pray. Let prayer be your first response in any situation. Pray first. What what else do I want us to know about prayer? We pray about everything. Everyone say everything. Everything. Look what it says in Philippians 4 verse verse 6. Don't be pulled in different directions or worried about a, a, a thing. Be saturated in prayer throughout each day. Offering your faith-filled request before God with overflowing gratitude. This is, this is the part that I really want you to underline. Tell him Every detail, everyone say every detail. Every detail detail of your life. Then God's wonderful peace that transcends human understanding will guard your heart and mind and will guard your heart and mind through Jesus Christ. It insults God when we leave out the details. But most of us, we're very, what's the word? It's almost as if like we put up a front in prayer. Like, I, I need to say the right things. Like, God, I can ask you about this, but I don't really know if you, you feel me. Scripture is saying that we need to tell him every detail of our life. But most of us leave out details because we don't feel like he cares. Or, what can God do about this? I've been blocked off of Snapchat. What, 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 why should I tell God? Like, like, Why? My boss at work is annoying me. Like, what would God have to do with that? Like, that is a work situation. Scripture says, tell him every detail of your life. And I'm proving to you why we should do this. Hebrews 4 verse 14 said it like this. Now that we know what we have, Jesus. Everyone say, Jesus. This great high priest with ready access to God. Let's not let it slip through our fingers. 
this is the part that really made my heart be like, mm. we don't have a high priest who is out of touch with our reality. He's been through weakness and testing. He's experienced it all, all but sin. So let's walk right up to him and get what he is so ready to give. Take the mercy, accept the help. It says it like this, that we don't have a high priest who is out of touch with our reality. Any emotion that you're feeling, every mind, that, every thought that you're feeling, Jesus knows what it feels like. You feel like Jesus don't know what it's like to feel, to submit. <clears throat> if Jesus had the opportunity on this earth to walk in pride all the days of his life, like, do you guys know who I am? Like, I'm literally like the son of God. Nobody can tell me what to do. Like, I can even tell you your future. It's not you that's going to tell me what to do. But there's an instance in scripture, Jesus was 12 years old, right? And his parents, his earthly parents couldn't, like, they didn't know where he, where, he, where he was. So they're searching, 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 searching. And they find him in the, in the temple where he was, like, teaching, you know. And the people that were even, like, amazed, like, right, that this 12-year-old boy knows the scripture like this. Like, what well, one? So Mary and Joseph come, and they were like, yo, Jesus, we've been searching for you, for you. Like, don't just leave us and do your thing. Jesus says, yo, I'm about my father's business. Like, this is why I came. Mary just said, bro, brother, you, you better come back home. <laughs> Jesus said that at 12. Read your scripture. We don't hear from Jesus until he's 30. 18 years go by and we do not know what this guy is doing. He had to learn how to submit himself. This is Jesus. So when scripture says that we have a high priest who is not, who is not out of touch, who is not out of touch with what we feel, this is why we can speak to him about anything. He knows what it's like. He knows the thoughts that we struggle with. He knows the errors. He knows the self-doubt that we have. You can bring it all to him. Because we don't have a high priest who is there and we're here. Everything that we experience in this life, Jesus went through it. Yet without sin. So he knows how to overcome every emotion. He knows how, how to overcome every fear. He knows how to overcome every, every lustful thought, every self-doubt, every imposter syndrome, every thought of self-right. Like, he knows. So this is why we need to pray about everything. Because we don't have a high priest who is out of touch with our reality. So we pray continually. We pray first. We pray about every everything. And the last thing I want you to know about prayer is that we pray honestly. Honestly. We don't leave anything out. We're honest with God. We don't feel like there are certain vocabularies that we need to express to God. We pray honestly with where we're at. Look what it says in James 5, 6, 16. It says, confess and acknowledge how you have offended one another. And then pray for one another to be instantly healed. Here then, next part. For tremendous power. Everyone say tremendous power. Tremendous power. 
It doesn't say it's released in the length. It don't say it's released in how spiritual it sounds. It don't say it's released anytime you speak in tongues. Look what scripture says tremendous power is released. It says for tremendous power is released through the passionate, heartfelt prayer of a godly believer. Man, man, next point. If you're writing point, write this point down. The power of prayer is not in length, but in honesty. I'm trying to give you guys the keys to life. That the power of prayer is not in length, but it's honesty. He's saying, yo, I want you to speak to me like on the level, like on the level level. You know what I'm saying? Chat to me, what's really on your mind? How do you, re- I know you've been on, I, I know like you're on the fence about this whole faith. Bring it to, to me. That God, I'm really like, I'm trying to find a church, but I don't really feel like the sermons are not making sense. But, but I know you, but I just feel like, do I even need to go to church? Like, because I can watch sermons on, like, literally. Honestly. Because God can't meet who you pretend to be. He can only meet who you really are. So God wants us to pray continually. To pray first. To pray about everything. And to pray honestly. Because the power of prayer is not in length, but in honesty. Jesus elaborates this in Matthew 6. He says, when you pray, yeah, this is Jesus talking in your Bible. This is in red. When you pray, there's no need, everyone say no need, to repeat empty phrases, praying like the Gentiles do. For they expect God to hear them because of their many words. There is no need to imitate them since the Father already knows what you need before you ask him. So, I had a question, because if the Father already knows what I need before I, I ask him, like, why do I pray? Like, what's the point of prayer? Because, Father, you already know. So that was a, a question that I had to, to God. God, your scripture says that you know what you need. So if you know what I need, like, just, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's good. But, even though God knows what we need, the reason why he, he says that we should pray is because of this. This is my next point. Prayer is earthly permission for heavenly intervention. I know what you need, but I can't do anything about it unless you pray. Because your prayer gives me the permission. It's, you invite me into this. I won't supersede the will that you have. You have to let me in this. So the reason why we pray, even though he knows what's on our mind and heart, is because prayer is earthly permission for heavenly intervention. It's saying, God, you have permission to move in this. And all I'm asking for is your assistance. This is why we pray. Not to make him aware. He already knows, even though he says, make that, be honest. God knows. But the reason why we pray is just so that he has the permission for like to to assist us in this prayer is earthly permission for heavenly intervention so if i were you i would bathe myself in prayer i would pray throughout the day i would have a consistent dialogue with the father 
Because every time we lift up our voice and pray, we invite him into it. So, now that we know a few things about, about prayer, it's important to know how to pray. Because like I said at the start, one thing that I hate is when a person tells me what I need to do, but don't show me how to do it. Now, why did he tell me what I need to do if you ain't, ain't about to help me? So now that we know why we pray and a few things about prayer, now this is the most, this is, this, 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 like take heed to this. We need to know how to pray. And we weren't the only ones that had this issue. The disciples had this issue as, as well. So let's turn about to Luke 11 verse 1. Luke 11 verse 1. And I'm reading from the NIV. If you ain't on your phone, it's on the screen. One day, Jesus, everyone say Jesus. Jesus. Was praying in a certain place. When he finished praying, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. And I find and I found that interesting because his disciples, the disciples, they knew they knew about prayer. They probably had been praying their whole lives. Like it wasn't a new concept to them. But when Jesus was praying, they, they said, Yo, like Jesus, Jesus, teach us to pray like how you pray. Because when you pray, you get results. Something happens when you pray. So teach me how to pray like how you pray. Because there's a certain type of prayer that gets re re results. So the disciples were like, yo, like we know about prayer, but the way you pray is as if like every time you pray, like something different takes place. So teach us, teach us how to pray like that. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus says, okay, cool. I right, bet. Let's see what he says in Matthew 6 verse 9. I'm reading from the Amphite version. So after they say, yo, Jesus, teach us how to pray. Jesus says it like, like, like this. Ah, okay, cool. Pray then in this way. And then he goes on to re recite the Lord's, the Lord's prayer. But before he recites the Lord's prayer, Jesus says, pray then in, in this way, not pray this. He said, pray then in this way. Jesus did not say, pray this. I'm, I'm going to say that again. Jesus said, pray then in this way. Jesus did not say, pray this. What am I trying to, to say? The Lord's prayer is not a prayer, but a guideline of how to pray. I'm going to say that again. Because we, we've grown up our whole life emphasizing that prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Deliver us from evil as we, for yours is the kingdom. We know it off by heart. And we recite it as if there's power in that. But Jesus said, do not pray this. He said, pray like this. The Lord, trust me, this sermon, I'm telling you, like, if you take heed to this, your prayer life will change. Jesus says, pray then in this way. What I really want you to know, man, next point. The Lord's prayer is not a prayer, but a guideline. The Lord's prayer is not a prayer, but a guideline. 
So Jesus goes, pray then in this way, and he gives them the guideline of how to pray. So the first thing that he the first thing that he says is this. Our Father who is in heaven. Everyone say our Father who is in heaven. That means that the first step in prayer is to connect with God relationally. That's the first thing you do in prayer. You connect with God relationally. Hey God. Hey Father. Hey Pops. Like, like, this don't have to be formal. But you connect with God relationally. You come to God as you would a friend. You, you can have a nickname for, for God. No one has to tell you how you connect with God relationally. But the first thing you do in prayer is that you connect with God relationally. He says, our Father who is in he heaven. So the first thing that you do in prayer is that you connect with God relationally. Then he goes on to say this. Hallowed be your name. You want to say hallowed be your name. That word just literally means holy is your name. So the next thing you do in prayer, after you connected with God, the next thing you do is you worship his name. Father, I thank you that you're my peace. I thank you, Lord, that you are my redeemer. I thank you, Lord, that you are my joy. You, you, you are my light and my salvation. You worship his name. You exalt his name. Which is why you have to know the names of God. Jehovah Jireh. Jehovah Nisi. Jehovah Rapha. El Shaddai. Even if you don't know what those words, even if you can't say them things, find out what they mean. Because if, if I say, yo, bro, come. Bro, come. Dijon, come. <laughs> yo, sis, come. Sis, come. Kelly, come. <laughs> what I've done there it was to show you that when you call somebody by their name, they come. So when you say Jehovah Jireh, yeah, what you're saying is, thank you guys. What you're saying is, God, you are a provider. So I'm calling on you to provide. When you say Jehovah Shalom, God, you are peace. So right now, I need your peace. When you say Je Jehovah Nisi, Lord, you are my victory. So right now, I'm calling on you to give me victory. When you exalt his name and you worship his name and you call him by his name, he comes. Which is why we have to know the names of God. Because when you call somebody by their name, they turn up. So the first thing that we do, we connect with God relationally. The next thing that we do, we worship his name. Then after that, he says it like this. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Everyone say, your kingdom come, your kingdom come. 
your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So after you connect with God, you worship his, his name. Scripture is saying that the next thing you do is you pray God's agenda. And God's, God's agenda is simply is people. It's saying before you pray for your own needs, pray for someone else. This is the guideline of how Jesus says we should pray. Whether that be for your community, whether that be for your family, or whoever that God has laid on your heart. Scripture is saying that after you worship his name, don't get into your own needs yet. Pray for someone else. Pray his agenda. Pray for his people. Because the scripture says that even when you pray for other people, if you replenish others, you yourself will be replenished. We have to pray God's uh, gender. And many times, to be honest, in my prayer, it's rare that, you know, it's just off late that I've started to pray for people. Pray for people. But before, bro, <laughs> it's all about me. But Jesus says, Pray in this way. You connect with God. Worship who he is. Then before you even get to your own needs, pray for someone else. Whoever God has laid on your heart. What, like, it can be for your family. It can be for your... Whoever. If you like to pray for the government of the UK, that Father, I thank you, Lord, that you will lead. You see, but we don't like to do that. But the but the scripture says we are we we are ought to pray for those we are ought to pray for those who are in authority, because whether you like it or yes, the decision that they make it will affect you in a certain type of way. So it's better for you to pray that God gives them the wisdom to make the right decisions. <laughs> scripture, this is not my opinion. Jesus says, before you even pray for your own needs, pray for someone else. So Jesus says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The next verse says it like this. Then he, sa- then he says, give us this day our daily bread. Now here's where you pray your agenda. This is where you ask God. This is where you pray for your own needs. This is where you cast your cares. This is where you show your dependency on God. Because prayer is the language of the dependent. It's that God, I'm dependent on you in this. I cannot do this by myself, so I am inviting you in. I heard it said like this, yeah. That a moment or a day without prayer is a boast against God. Because what you are literally saying is, God, I don't need you in this. When you don't pray about your finances, what you're telling God is God, I got this. When you don't pray about your your relationships, what you're telling him is that I'm in control of this. When you don't pray about the choices you are supposed to make, what you're telling God is that you are your own shepherd. Prayer is the language of the dependent. It's that God, I am dependent on you. So in prayer, after you pray for his agenda, after you pray for people, you cast your own cares. Father, I'm casting my cares on you. Father, as I wake up and I'm trying to figure out what direction to go in into my life, Father, I'm thanking you that you are my shepherd. 
Father, I don't come in my own strength or in my own mind. I have nothing figured out. But Father, your word tells me that you ordain my steps. You pray for your own needs. Lord, I'm going to this job interview that I lied on my CV. Oh, let's be real. <laughs> bro, I'll put I'll be the first to put my any CV that I've submitted, bro, half of it is live. I said I've worked at places that I've not worked. <laughs> <laughs> Father, they may ask me some questions that this this is one time. <laughs> bro, this this is how I pray, you know. I'm honest in prayer, I'll be real. That any question that they ask me, Father, give me the wisdom to know how to answer. <laughs> hmm. This is why every job I've applied for, I've got. Huh. I, I'm, I'm not encouraging you to lie on your CV. <laughs> that's, that's not what I'm encouraging you to do. But what I am saying is be honest in your prayer. That's the part that you should take from that. <laughs> the point that I'm trying to make is this this is where you cast your, your cares. After you pray God's agenda, you pray your own agenda. God, I'm casting my cares on you, man. I'm struggling in the area of lust. Every time I sleep, I have to watch porn before I sleep. God, give me power of my own will to say no. Let me find my pleasures in you. Because this feels good. But I want to hate it because you hate it. This is where you cast your cares. So he, so he, she says, you connect with, with God. You worship his, his name. You pray his agenda. You pray your agenda. The next verse. And forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. Letting go of both the wrong and resentment. This is the part in prayer where you get your heart right. That Father, if, there's be, if there be anything in me that is not like you, help me, Father, to repent of my ways. I know for the past week I've been walking in pride, but it's not your will for my life, God. So help me. And as you help me, Father, I just want to forgive my boss at work, who I know today, they're going to say something that would annoy me, but I'm forgiving them in advance. This is how we pray. We ask God to forgive us and we also forgive those that have wronged us. Because people, they, there will be people, this past week, there's many people I, I've had to forgive in my, in my, in my heart because they just say stuff or do stuff thinking, yo, like, but I forgive you in advance. Because I'm asking the Lord to also forgive me. So Father, as you've shown me grace, empower me to give the same grace to people. And let me not hold resentment towards anyone. This does not mean just let people do wrong, wrong, wrong all the time. You can forgive somebody but not restore the place they were in your life. It's possible. Because for... Forgiveness does not mean restoration. But what forgiveness means is that you, I will no longer punish myself emotionally for what you've done. Mm. But 
but I also won't put you in the same place for, for you to do it again. Because the Bible also encourages us to be wise and be mindful of the people that we keep. So the fact that I forgive you, it doesn't mean that I've restored where we once were. I can, for, I, I can forgive you and put a boundary there. But what I'm saying is that you no longer would allow me to punish myself emotionally for something that you did and you don't even care about it. But here I am holding resentment. God, I'm, I'm letting it go. Because it's keeping me stagnant in my purpose. Mm-hmm. So in prayer, we connect with God. We, we worship his name. We pray his agenda. We pray our own agenda. And then we get our heart right. Then the next line, Jesus says it like, like this. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. This is the part in prayer where you engage in spiritual warfare. And you ask God that any trap that the enemy has planned to set out against you, Lord, rescue me from from that. Let my footsteps not even go to that door. Let my footsteps not even go to that path. Father, any trap, any weapon that has been formed and fashioned, Father, may they not prosper. This is where you engage in spiritual warfare. And you declare authority over the enemy. The enemy, I see you trying to attack my mind. But this mind, it belongs to God. So doubt and anxiety and depression, you cannot belong here. This is the mind of Christ. In prayer, you have to engage in spiritual warfare. Because like we read time and time again, the weapons of our warfare is not against flesh and blood. We don't fight against flesh and blood, but principalities and powers. In prayer, we have to engage in spiritual warfare. And we ask God to deliver us from every trap that has been set out against us then Jesus ends his guideline for for prayer like this for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory for forever amen everyone say for yours is the kingdom kingdom, and the power and the the glory glory, forever forever. Amen. amen This is the part in prayer where we where we express our faith in God's ability. It's where we say, Father, everything I just prayed for, it's not above you. Everything I've just prayed for, nothing is impossible with you. So I thank you that you've heard me. We end our prayer by expressing our faith in God's ability. And we let him know that everything that I just prayed for, God, you're able. This is how we, we are supposed to end our prayers. By expressing our faith in the ability of God. And I'm going to show you an example of how to do this. Because this is a prayer, this is a type of prayer that you can pray in five min- minutes or five hours. This is a type of prayer that you can pray in a minute or in an hour. Or in an hour. But let this be the structure of your prayer. Where you connect to God relationally. You worship his name. You pray his agenda. You pray for people. You pray for your own needs. 
you get your heart right, you engage in spiritual warfare, and you, then you express your faith in the ability of God. That everything I just prayed, Father, you're, you're, you're able. And this is something that you can do, like, like I said, in five minutes or five hours. I'm going to give you an, ex an, an example of how to do this in, in five minutes. Father, I thank you. God, I just want to worship your name for this is the day that you have made. So I will rejoice and I will be glad in it. Father, I just thank you, Lord, that you're my provider. I thank you, Lord, that, Father, you supply all of my needs according to your riches. I thank you, Lord, that, Father, you are my victory. I thank you, Lord, that you cause me to be victorious in every affair of life. Because it's who you are. Father, I put my faith in who you are and I exalt your name. Father, you are Alpha and Omega. You are the beginning and the end. You are the one who keeps all of your promises. So I thank you, Father, Lord, that you are a promise-keeping God. So, Father, right now, I just pray for the table. I pray for everyone here. I thank you, Lord, that, Father, every time we meet up here, that we don't just come here to fellowship, but we come here to, to encounter you. I thank you, Lord, that every time we're, we're here, that, Father, Lord, the hearts will be made right. I thank you, Lord, that, Father, Lord, that those that are blind in the spiritual, those that are blind in the emotional, that, Father, may they begin to see. I thank you in the name of Jesus Christ that those that have issues that they know that they don't even speak about, Father, you are the God that's able to reach them. You are the God that's able to touch every aspect of their soul. So, Father, right now, I ask, oh, Lord, that even if they don't come to you, that, Father, you go to them. Father, I pray for Dijon. Father, I thank you, oh God, that he was able to allow us to worship in his space. And Father, as he's opened up his house to us, Father, may you open the he heavens on, on his life. I ask, oh Lord, that Father, you bless his steps. I ask, oh Lord, that Father, you give him the, the, the fortitude to persevering life. I thank you, oh Lord, that Father, his family is, is protected. I thank you, oh Lord, that Father, his mind is protected. I thank you, oh Lord, that Father, Lord, that even for my own self, Father, as we are believing the Lord for a, 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 for a space, oh God, I ask, oh Lord, that Father, you will provide my every need. Father, I cast my, my cares on you. I I thank you, O Lord, that, Father, you will lead my life. I thank you, Lord, that this very day you will orchestrate my steps. Father, let me not be found in things that don't please you, but let me always be found in your, in your presence, O God. Father, I need your wisdom to know how to lead this group. Father, I, I, I need your, your power because there's days where I feel weak. There's days where I feel... I, I feel Famished, oh God, but Father, your word says, oh Lord, that you would that you would energize me, that I would walk and I will not faint, that I would run and I will not be weary. So, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I ask, oh Lord, that Father, you restore my soul. I ask, oh Lord, that you lead me in every pasture, in every season. I ask, oh Lord, that Father, my life's bear fruit in every season. Father, if there be anything in me that is not like you, the pride that tries to creep in, the lust that tries to that 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 tries to creep in, the imposter sensing syndrome. That makes me feel like I'm not able to do what you've asked me to do. Father, I rebuke that thought right now in Jesus' name. Father, let me live a life that is pleasing to you. Let me not just come here and preach, but, but behind closed doors, I live an alternate lifestyle. Father, let my life be pleasing in your sight in public and when no one else can see me. Father, I also forgive those that have wronged me. Father, I pray for my boss at work who sometimes says things and I don't know if it's a joke or not but Father Lord just give me the heart to forgive them. 
Father, the same way you show me grace. Father, empower me to give the same grace to others, oh God. Let me be an example, oh God. And also give me the, the wisdom to know who is supposed to be in my life and in what space, oh Lord. But Father Lord, let not let let not what anything, let not what anyone has done become a stumbling block for what you have planned for, for me. So Father, I let go of the anger. I let go of the hurt. Father Lord, you know, you know that I struggle with 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 my father and 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 that he weren't there for me kid but lord father lord you are my father and even though it's not easy because sometimes i think about what he's done and why he weren't there but father lord give me the grace oh lord to be able to move forward oh lord let me not restrict myself based on another man's action and father if there's an opportunity for that relationship to to, to be restored then father you make a way father i thank you that I shall not be at the wrong place at the wrong time. If there's any agenda over my, my life, oh Lord, give me the wisdom to see through people. Father Lord, as I'm in a season of dating, Father, let me not let me not be intertwined with a counterfeit. Those that come as if they're for me, but they're weapons against me. Partner my life with those that matter for my purpose and not those that seek my downfall. Let my life be far from shame and destruction, O oh Lord. Let me walk in your ways. Let me reach what you've asked me to do and do what you've asked me to do, Father. Unhindered and unchecked by any outside force. And Father, I thank you, O oh Lord, that you are able to do anything. For this is the confidence that I have in you. That anything I ask according to your will and in your name that you hear me. So Father, I thank you, Lord, that I've been heard. I thank you, O oh Lord, that all power belongs to you. Nothing is impossible for, for you. For Father Lord, great things you have done, but greater things you will do in me, for me, and through me. So I bless your name, for you are my God, and I am your son. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. 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 I don't even know how long that, that, that was. But I could have stayed there for hours. And I could have also stayed in five minutes. But Jesus says pray in that structure. 